Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What up, Fightful fam, and welcome to 1-2 Punch, Player 1, Shaquille Madjui, Player 2, Jason Hagholm, my fellow Canadian. How's it going, dude? Hey, man, it's uh, it's going well. I mean, we got ourselves another pay-per-view weekend amongst us before. I think we're going to get we're gonna get that one-week break, which I think is going to be kind of nice to enjoy Easter and not have to worry about Who's weighing in? Who's weighing? Who's missing weight? While well, we can all gorge ourselves on some ham, turkey, and of course a lot of Easter chocolate. Yes, perhaps I can cut down on my coffee intake next week. <laughs> um, guys, welcome to One Two Punch Special, a free edition on Fightful MMA's YouTube as well as our Patreon. I, I know if you're a longtime viewer of the show, it hasn't been that long. It's only been one week that we've been exclusively on Patreon, but because this is a pay-per-view weekend and for all upcoming pay-per-views we will do like a once monthly live stream for all if you enjoy what we do head over to fightfulselect.com okay guys if this is your first time on the program welcome this is one two punch it's news talk but on a win lose draw system what that means is we're going to highlight the week's biggest winners and losers before drawing up a little preview for ufc 260 miocic inganu dos there is our snazzy animated intro Boom. Quick reminder, guys, if you are here, please hit subscribe, tap the notification bell, leave a like on this video. All that goes such a long way to helping our channel grow. A lot of fun content for UFC 260. Uh, fighters reacting to Tyron Woodley and Mike Perry rapping. Uriah Faber rating the best and worst haircuts in MMA. Uh, Vicente Luque ranking all of Tyron Woodley's UFC opponents by quality. A lot of interesting alternative news content there for you, but that is enough of me shilling. Let's get to the action. Uh, Jason, you and I were talking about it a little bit off the air, but rough week to be Israel Adesanya, a stretch of bad luck lately after, um, you know, one of the most remarkable rises in MMA history. We have Israel Adesanya as of today being dropped reportedly by BMW New Zealand. They were set to roll out some sort of campaign with him as the star on Monday. Uh, but Izzy made some, uh, you know, was sort of trash-talking Kevin Holland and said he was going to rape Kevin Holland. That 
statement backfired against him. You had the deputy prime minister of New Zealand shunning him. You had fans, media shunning him, especially media in New Zealand. And now we have word that he has been dropped as the BMW spokesperson in a sense. He did apologize. That apology was not enough to save him from this axing. Do you think this was the right call by BMW? Well, we live in such a, you know, you got to be careful with your words type of a world right now. And corporations alone aren't going to take kindly to anytime you're using the word rape or I'm going to rape you, whether it's, you know, in terms of fight speak or in general, like I can totally see why BMW is going to do that. Like we've seen many corporations shun athletes for, you know, saying sometimes even less than that. And it's a big blow for Adesanya, who's obviously also got a sponsorship deal with Puma. So we have to see what Puma's response is going to be because he is now the pitch man for that clothing brand as they're kind of going on a relaunch. But uh, you knew this was going to come when you make a comment like that. And BMW's looking out for for themselves as much as, you know, it's great to have that uh, athlete be on board and Adesanya is a great personality. Uh, I mean, sure, apologizing is one thing, but it's it also kind of looks like you're just saying you're sorry because you lost the sponsorship deal, not so much more for the comment being said. And I see where BMW is coming from. And I think I, all in all, I think they acted correctly. Yeah. You know, I don't really want to get into a, a, the endless debate about cancel culture where the public should and shouldn't have, you know, power over people's careers. But the reality of it is they do. And Israel Adesanya, when he begins to start making these uh, relationships with brands and third parties, needs to keep in mind that now, in a sense, he represents these other businesses. And so when he says and does things that may negatively reflect upon those third parties, it could impact those third party parties bottom line. And ultimately, you know, they're here to make money. So whether I uh, think Izzy's apology is sincere, whether or not I think he should have lost this deal with BMW is sort of moot. The point is, when you're in business with people, you have to keep their best interests in mind. And, you know, moving forward, I think Izzy's going to be a little more conscious of the ramifications of the things he says. Of course, you don't want to see him lose the shine that makes him him but i don't think that's a real concern i think izzy can be the same charismatic cerebral entertaining personality but maybe keep the sexual assault comments on the side you know yeah i think he can still be the same guy cutting you know entertaining promos being entertaining and obviously what also sells izzy is when he steps in in the cage and fights and you know, he's going to stay at middleweight now and that's going to be the thing. But that's now besides the point where, you know, especially the past couple of weeks, we've seen, you know, some incidents where people lost their jobs. Like uh, the Buffalo Sabres, they had their uh, in-house um, announcer. He lost his job for comments he made about, you know, comparing uh, racial skin tones to toast on his uh, radio show. So you have to be careful. And I know cancel culture is... A thing and we're maybe canceling things that have no no need to be canceled and should be used as a history purpose but 
you can't be making those kind of comments where the brand's going to always look out for the brand more yeah. than you. And uh, exactly. Adesanya's learned that lesson the hard way. But I'm more interested to see what happens with Puma because he's, as I said, he's the face of their brand now. And if there's going to be any dis- disciplinary actions or if he ends up maybe losing that uh, deal with Puma. Yeah, and I want to go to uh, Joseph Bose in the comments very quickly. Uh, hi, Joseph. Nice to Nice to have you back here on the YouTube live stream. He says the New Zealand sports minister wants UFC to punish Adesanya. I, I haven't seen anything about this yet. Have you, Jason? I have not. No, I just saw the story actually today as well. So, so uh, but let's touch on that. Um, it appears at least that the New Zealand government, governing body, seems to be quite progressive and qu- quite left-leaning. I don't want to make any preconceived judgments about New Zealand's politics, because I don't know, but the fact that, you know, first the prime deputy prime minister publicly makes a statement about it, and now you have the sports minister allegedly seeking punishment from the UFC. Uh, it's interesting, but we're not going to, the UFC's not going to do anything about this. They, they have let a lot worse slide, and if nothing else, if, if anything, I will respect the fact that Dana White sticks to his word about this uh do i agree with it all the time definitely not but at least he's a man of his word i don't think he's gonna penalize adesanya any more than he has colby covington or mike perry in the past uh yeah definitely not especially mike perry dropping blatant n-bombs and both you know in video and in uh text form knocking out old people (laughs) yeah knocking out old people like as bad as the comment was, uh, I don't see the UFC doing anything about it because Dana has his own views on certain things and he's definitely not going to punish one of his stars because a government figure in another country that the UFC can't even run shows at for the, the foreseeable future uh, makes a comment about that they, they should do something about it. All right. Uh, that was our big loser. Maybe let's, mm, let's, let's stick with the losers before we move on to the winner's section. Is there anyone that sticks out in your mind, Jason, before we roll back to me? Well, I think if we're going to stick to the comments, I would say Sean O'Malley on the Ariel Helwani uh, <laughs> podcast this week where uh, Ariel asked him if he regretted, you know, having uh, Casey Kenny make the comment about, you know, Megan Anderson. And he really just seemed very tone deaf on the whole situation where he didn't really understand what went wrong. And just like the smirk on his face added to just how bad of a look it was for that comment like just not understanding that you're degrading a female a then and female employee and then not seeing how big of a deal it could be because now she's no longer with the ufc but yeah it's just sean once again taking another step towards uh the, the sugar show turning into the sour show very nice uh i i will say the i i I really did not like any of the way that he addressed the Megan Anderson situation. The ex-employee line was kind of hard, though. I can't lie. He, <laughs> that was a good dig. I don't appreciate it. I don't agree with it, but that was a good dig. Um, yeah, I mean, listen. O'Malley, at this point, I think he's shown his true colors. Yellow, red, green, blue, the whole hair dye. Um it was, the gimmick was fun at first. I'm sure it's still going to resonate with a portion of the audience uh, in a way that it doesn't with me, and that's that's fine. I have no qualms about it. But let me tell you this. 
uh, I had that UFC hair video, right, where I had Uriah Faber reacting to a bunch of good and bad haircuts, and we had Sean O'Malley and Brian Ortega on the cover because, you know, both have famous sets of hair for very different reasons, um, and both were competing on UFC 260, so to me it was a no-brainer. I was watching Google Trends, waiting to see, okay, uh, at what point will Sean O'Malley's name start sort of ticking up in trend so I can hop on that early wave, uh, get a few more clicks, and bro, it may, it probably has now that we're at fight week, but as of late last week, no one was looking for the guy. I think, I think the way he handled that Chito Vera loss has really hurt his stock. Um, probably not amongst the ones who love him, but amongst people like myself, perhaps, who are more kind of casual admirers of his. Thumbs down, man. His inability to accept that loss is, you know, maybe it's him trolling. Maybe it's him sort of manifesting this gimmick. But it just kind of came off as sore loser slash just blind vibes. Like, if you don't understand why you lost that fight, it's kind of painful for me to watch. And I think that's kind of where we're at because there hasn't been a whole lot of buzz for Sean O'Malley. Think about how, dude, before the Chito Vera fight, they were running, the UFC was running promo videos comparing Sean O'Malley to LeBron James. We are yeah. so far removed from that now. Um, I don't get O'Malley's new iteration, but it's not for me. And according to the analytics, it's not for a lot of people that I think were ready to jump on the bandwagon had he performed more ably against Chito Vera. Yeah, I think just as you said, handling a loss by saying it's not a loss. I'm still undefeated in my mind. Uh, if you kept that personally or privately to himself, like, okay, I get that the fighter mentality, I'm still undefeated or whatnot, but publicly going out and just looking like a sore loser and, and, and a sulking, you know, baby pretty much and being so delusional about it. And then you add on what he did on Ariel's show about the, uh, you know, the comments and really showing no regret for, being involved with it or you know i didn't say them well mm -hmm. no you didn't but you were involved with it and it was your I believe it was his podcast it that the comment podcast. was that came on so there is some responsibility that needs to be held and as well especially from a new dad like yeah little maturity needs to be shown in uh in sean o'malley and uh we'll see what also ends up happening with him when he steps in the cage uh tomorrow night uh against you know thomas almeida so I it's a bit of a test a i think he's got a good shot i do too yeah, um, to close on O'Malley, man, like, super entertaining, um, has figured out a good business model, knows how to market himself, I'm not going to take any of that away from him, he's clearly witty, he clearly has uh, business smarts, but this is the dude who's on his show saying, if you can't, if you can't do heroin once like a man, you're weak. Like, whoa, <laughs> like, I don't know, man. O'Malley, sharp in the cage, not entirely convinced that uh, he's up to snuff. This is the problem when you give people a platform and they start going on about stuff they know nothing about. You know what I mean? It is what it is. I'm excited to see him back in the cage because I do think he's a great talent, great grappling, great striking. Um, and hopefully, hopefully with a wind, with a win here, the wind on his sails, uh, we can get back to a more palatable Sean O'Malley that's maybe not so low-key bitter 
coming out of this uh, Chito Vera fight. All right. Uh, with that said, looking at the clock, we're at about 15 minutes through. So probably a good time to transition to the winners of the week. Quick reminder, guys, if you can please hit subscribe, tap the notification bell, leave a like on this video. All that good stuff uh, helps us out a lot. Hey, uh, hit us up in the live chat. We'll get to all your questions and comments. It lets me know that the stream is working and I don't have to do this like a total numbskull. So thank you for that. All right, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Let me start here. Misha Tate is back. Um, this was an unexpected treat. Uh, I'm a cupcake fan, takedown fan, whatever whatever nickname she's going by these days. And uh, I thought that although her role had been sort of significantly reduced due to the ongoing pandemic, I thought she was still a one championship executive. Is that no longer the case? I'm not sure. I technically still think she is a one championship employee, but I guess if she couldn't really or didn't want to travel out to uh, whether it was the Philippines, which is their head office, I believe is in with, you know, being a mom of some young children, I, I would get that. But, you know, like Misha's only 34 years old, right? So her coming back, it's a shock, but also the women's division needs some names. So if the UFC can found a way, which they obviously did, as she's now uh, set to return uh, in July, I believe. So, like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm interested to see what she can do. Plus, one win, you know, gets her a title shot oh, against, yeah. like, Amanda Nunes. Oh, yeah. That's how it's going to be. They need some names. Uh, they obviously kind of want to keep Nunes and Shevchenko away because they fought twice. But if they had that fight, they kind of want their legacies to grow a little bit. I but so. I'm all for Misha Tate coming back because women's MMA, especially right now in the UFC, they're, they've lost the 145 pound division which we knew would happen i believe you and i talked about that on the the stream uh last pay-per-view actually so uh i mean this isn't a surprise that they lost that and they bring in another name and who has a lot of potential still like as i said only 34 um a very talented fighter has a great wrestling base and can still make waves i think agreed um you know she said in the media after the fact that uh you know she's here to be champion again that that that's always kind of worrisome to with me uh, one of the best conversations i ever had about fighters retiring was with severe mma's sean sheehan on the show and it was ahead of the anderson silva uriah hall fight and we talked about like when is the right time for someone to retire and what what sean said which uh, i very much now echo is oh i'm on the wrong person here there we go hi guys is that um what are you trying to accomplish, right? And realistically, what's the likelihood of you getting there? Now, if you as a fighter are someone whose priority is to put on fun fights, exciting matchups, live out sort of a Donald Cerrone-esque legacy, hey, you can fight for a damn long time because there's a lot of options for you. There's contendership fights, there's championship fights, there are, you know, sort of legend fights against other people of name value. There's stylistic matchups that you can be marketed with but if your goal like anderson silva's was is to recapture a title well if you can't beat uriah hall let's be honest you're probably not going to do that and that is no discredit to uriah hall but look at where he's at in the rankings and look at all the other killers there as well hall could very well become a ufc middleweight champion but if you can't beat uriah hall that chapter of your career is kind of closed so 
to me, the idea of Misha Tate coming back with the goal of getting another Amanda Nunes fight is concerning because she's had this long layoff. She's no younger, and we saw what happened the first time they fought. It wasn't super competitive. And let's be honest, she was losing five rounds of that Holly Holm fight before she got what is, for me, one of the greatest moments in UFC history, that takedown and that rear naked choke finish. I think I, I Misha Tate has never been the best female fighter. And to think that she's going to come back now after a four-plus-year layoff get a win, and go up against Amanda Nunes, who is at the prime, prime, prime of her run as two-division UFC champion. I just don't think it's realistic. I'd be happy to be proven wrong. I think Misha's great. Um, I'm a fan of hers. Her, Her star presence outside of the cage, her fight IQ inside of the cage, but it just doesn't seem like a realistic goal. I wish she just came back and said, you know, I just want to fight, put me up with some other, you know, run back the Holly Holm fight, put me in there against some other legends and let's have a good time. Let's make some money. I don't, I don't know about this Amanda Nunes rematch. Well, I don't know about it right away, though. As I said, if she wins uh, this fight uh, upcoming against uh, Marlon Renault, uh, uh, Marion Renault, excuse me. Um, she's going to get the title fight. But I mean, what else is she supposed to say, right? Like, you can sure say, I just want to have fun fights and whatnot. But if you're coming back at that age, the goal always, and, and coming back in general, shouldn't the goal always be for a championship? Because if you're not in it for a title or anything of that sort, then really, what are you in the sport for just for fun or whatever? I mean, she's made some decent money and obviously the one paycheck didn't, hurt her at well but if you're coming back to compete the goal should always be a championship and i think you know she feels she hasn't taken that many serious injuries sure the layoff will be a thing but get one fight maybe two i could i can see her fighting for the title do i think she'd win against amanda nunes right now no but i think she could maybe make the adjustments that she didn't make in the first fight when she lost the title at ufc 200 and could make it interesting. I mean, crazier things have happened in combat sports. I mean, George Foreman was heavyweight champion at 45 years old. So who's to say like a 37-year-old Misha Tate or a 36-year-old Misha Tate at, as a UFC women's bantamweight champion can't happen? All right. Let me um, – fair enough. I would like to counter your point about uh, the goal being the title. Now, if we – we're in an industry like the NBA, the NFL, where these fighters were being paid enough to focus solely on their goal of, you know, creating a legacy, being the best they can be. Completely on board with you, but I do want to read you a quote because I and I bring this up because I just had a really interesting chat with Kama Worthy earlier this week. He fights at UFC 260, and I want to read you the quote because um, he he didn't agree with Michael Chandler getting a UFC lightweight title shot after just one fight in the promotion. And so when I asked him, okay, well, what do you think about Dustin Poirier not getting the fight? He said, okay, well, it appears that um, Dustin Poirier. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill wants the Conor McGregor trilogy fight instead. So here's what Kama said. That would be my approach if I was Dustin Poirier. Who gives a shit about having a world title? Daniel Cormier said it best. He said, you can't pay your mortgage with your world title. Your objective can't be to get the world title. I would love the title, but I'm already the best. I need to be able to take care of my family. My family thinks I'm the best. My daughter is two and a half, and she's going to think I'm the best fighter that ever walked the planet for the rest of her life. I need to make sure they're financially stable. I don't need a piece of metal or plastic to tell me I'm the man. I know I'm the fucking man. I agree with you a lot, Jason. But I just wanted to read that quote because, man, did I enjoy that chat with Kama. And it was a really refreshing take. Now, maybe Kama deep down knows, like, hey, I'm probably not uh, good enough to win a world title. I'm not saying that. He didn't say that. But maybe that's where his head at. But boy, do I love so few what what percentage of fighters end up becoming world champion right i love that a guy like kama can have the mindset of i am the fucking man i'm one of the best in the world because i'm a ufc fighter and i'm a winning ufc fighter at that let me do right by me and my family yeah i mean look and as well we're seeing it right now with dustin poirier right like he could have fought for dana white just said uh, to tsn's aaron bronsetter he could have fought for the title, but he chose the McGregor fight because of the paycheck. And like, he's going to be financially set for probably make the most money with the last fight. Mm-hmm. And now this one upcoming, whether it's in you know the summer or fall, whenever the negotiations may be. But I think, I just think Misha doesn't have that mindset. Mm-hmm. I think it all depends as well as the fighter's mindset, right? Like, Dustin wants the money and because he's fought so hard and then the title will become a thing. And it, it seemed always to me like before this, these McGregor fights were a thing that the title was first and then getting the money was second and being able to do that. But I think Misha, because she got a lot of extra cash probably for hopping over to one, like she's pretty set financially. So she can be a tunnel vision fighter for, for a title. Whereas, you know, her opponent, you know, Marion Renault, maybe working another like we that's a thing right other fighters in the ufc still work other jobs to financially support themselves so it, it can be that way and and i and i appreciate common worthy for being that honest and open because sure there is you know a, a little unevenness with you know pay versus you know getting a title shot and what have you but that's the problem with you know a, a sport like mma and and just how the, the business model set up where if a company or promotion feels you can draw and 
the sell to the public a title fight, you're getting it over than being just a solid and, and good fighter. And I love Kama Worthy. I think he's a great fighter, a great story for him. Um, and, and I wish him all the best of luck to, tomorrow night uh, at UFC 260. But I just think that is the vision for a lot of fighters is the championship because they see the championship equaling, you know, pay-per-view points yeah. and, uh, you know, a little bit more bonus money in there, and, and which which is a thing. But uh, a lot of people don't look at, unless you get a personality like an Adesanya or a McGregor as well, that also helps sell pay-per-views. Yeah, Kama's a smart guy. It was, it was so interesting picking his brand, and he knows how to draw a headline too, man. I didn't. I did not even ask him. I did not ask him once. I never once said the words Michael Chandler. Yet I somehow end up with the headline quote: "I'd knock Michael Chandler's fucking head off." Says Kama worthy. Great interview. Super underrated. And you know, talking about the business savvy, he said, "You know what? I really, I don't have that many more years in my career. I'm getting up there in age. I know how long it takes to get." A lightweight title shot because it's such a bloated division if you don't get to bypass the line the way Chandler did he said look I'm gonna fight as much as I can the next few years uh hopefully win myself to a contract that's like 60 to show 60 to win and then fight once or twice a year worst case I lose two fights still get six figures best case mm-hmm. I get near a quarter million out of it annually so props it's it's such an unusual thing to hear from a fighter and I, I think the more the culture around fighting changes, you know, shifts away from legacy and more to business, the quicker we're going to expedite a process by which all the fighters can be paid more because they're all mm-hmm. more in tune with what's going on around them. And then, and then we can get to a place where these fighters are being paid as much as they need to be able to focus solely on the pursuit of being great. And I think we're going to see an overwhelming rise in the overall level of MMA. So that's my hope. Like, look, look at the way, you know, like Drake pays for like a training facility for the Raptors. You know, all these, all these NBA teams have like state of the art facilities and practices, you know, fine tuning, like the tiniest sciences of how to improve every aspect of their game. I'd love to see the money in MMA so that these athletes could have, you know, both their own time as well as a, a, a structure around them that allows them to be the very best they can be. I think we all would. It's just how the sports run, right? I think number one, to, to even be close Ain't to that, that you'd have truth. to unionize. All those leagues that have all those fine facilities, they have unions that fought for all of that. And uh, well, MMA is nowhere near close to that. So I'm on season five of Superstore, so I'm very up to date with the union talks uh very quickly in the live chat uh, someone says julia pena did one hell of a promo on espn and got a shot at amanda hey like you said if you're an izzy if you're a connor i'm not saying pena is that but a good promo goes a long way even michael chandler's rick Fr- rick flair impression at ufc 257 i always say this guys just put yourself out there if mike perry and colby covington and henry Sahud, actually I, I i like colby's shtick when he does like the spoilers and stuff let's take henry Sahudo. His whole gimmick is that he's cringy. But do you know why it works? Because we are so devoid of personality in MMA. The barrier for entry is so low. That's why every time I upload a damn Jake Paul video, it trumps everything else that I've posted that week. Because it doesn't take a lot. People aren't asking for comedic brilliance. People don't go watch pro wrestling because they want 
top-notch drama and, and, and you know, long-term storytelling. It's, it's a plus. It's a huge plus when we get those things, but that's not the week-in, week-out expectation. Um, you know, just being cohesive and, and, and offering something can be enough in MMA. Mike Perry, Henry Cejudo, Sean O'Malley, Colby Covington. These aren't the most charismatic people you ever meet. Have you ever... If you ever just had a conversation with Colby, he's like a regular guy. It doesn't take much. So, guys, put yourselves out there. Come up with some sort of shtick, and I promise it'll pay off. Because all Juliana Pena had to do to go from, she's getting a title shot, to, yeah, let's give her a title shot, was one good promo. Just look at Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen was a solid mixed martial artist. Uh, You know, won some, lost one, wasn't going anywhere, but put some fights together and then all of a sudden turned into Roddy Piper or Ric Flair with his promo abilities. Yeah, Superstar Billy Graham, actually, to be exact. But, uh, and he became one of the biggest names in the history of mixed martial arts, all within like a two-year span. Absolutely. Okay, um, I'm looking at the clock. We should start heading to the UFC 260 preview. Quick reminder, guys. Again, hit subscribe, tap the notification bell, leave a like on this video. Hit us up in the live chat. We love hearing from you guys. If you want this show week in and week out, place to do it is FightfulSelect.com. That's where you can sign up for the Patreon. Got a ton, a ton of pro wrestling content if you like, as well as this show every week. Super small fee. Does a lot to help us grow the platform. And um, as we move forward, we're going to try and find ways to incorporate more original MMA content into Fightful Select. So make the early investment. It does a lot for us. All right. UFC. 260 let's start with the main event we're not going to do predictions but i want as someone in myself who admittedly is not a a great technical analyzer of this sport i have to rely on the information that is present to me and one thing about this because i'm I, i i let me say this ever since i saw ever since that first junior dos santos fight i have picked stipe miocic in every single one of his fights which makes me feel a little bad to say that I'm picking Nganu this time. And the reason is, like I said, I, I wouldn't go I wouldn't go bet money based on this prediction. But for me and, and the information I have in front of me, the thing that really worries me is in Stipe Miocic's last three fights. So those would be the Cormier trilogy because prior to that it was the Nganu fight. So since that Nganu fight, Stipe has fought three times each against Daniel Cormier, he has absorbed 311 strikes, significant strikes. Francis Ngannou, by contrast, in his last three fights, has absorbed 11. Or it might even be since... No, 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 sorry. Since the first Stipe fight. So since the first time they fought, Francis Ngannou has absorbed 111th of the damage of Miocic. Stipe is getting up there in age. It's a smaller cage. I just worry that, you know, he, he got knocked down the first Cormier fight. He was he was losing the second one, let's not forget. I worry that those wars are just going to do to Stipe in a small way what Carlos Condit versus Robbie Lawler did to those two men. Yeah, so, I mean, always with a rematch, it's what did each fighter learn about each other, right? So Francis learned about himself. He needed to, you know, get better cardio and, you know, improve a lot, find ways to, you know, stuff and stop takedowns. So he's now training out extreme couture in Las Vegas. You know, his takedown defense will be a little bit better. Um, 
I think he should have a lot better cardio, um, especially for a guy that, you know, has been in there with Stipe and, and knows what to do. Stipe, I think, has, you know, made the smart decision to maybe come in a little trimmer just to if the fights go into championship rounds where he's going to have the cardio to maybe outlast the more built, uh, bulkier Nganu. And Ganu weighed in uh, this afternoon at 263, and uh, Miocic weighed in at uh, 234. But I, I, I just think Miocic, or excuse me, Nganu, I'm picking him to win the fight. Because I think he learned, he made, he's going to make the adjustments. And I just think the smaller cage are going to come together and it's going to be a way that this guy's going to find a way to hit Miocic uh, and, and rock him. Like he's the hardest hitter, arguably, in the UFC and in mixed martial arts. He's got that Tyson aura to him a little bit. And he's brought it back. Like when in your last three fights, they've been like tw- like 45 seconds, 25 seconds, a minute and 11 I and think, like yeah, 30 I think the total seconds. is one minute 56 in his last three. Yeah. So when you're basically, you know, have had three fights within two or four fights within two years and under two minutes, uh, you, you brought your aura back and I think he's going to find a way to, you know, redeem revenge. And he just looks so much more confident and, you know, training in extreme couture for not only the wrestling, but he's working with, you know, great striking coaches over at extreme couture. I'm picking, Nganu, but if Miocic is to win as he is the underdog, I wouldn't be shocked because he's the most, he's arguably the best champion in the history of the UFC at heavyweight, and he just finds ways to, to be spoiler each and every time, so I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm still picking Nganu. But it, you're right, it is shocking that this guy keeps getting sort of an underdog status. He is, you said arguably, I don't think there's an argument. He is the greatest heavyweight in UFC history, and then all that's left is the Fedor debate. Yeah. He's got the most title defenses. He's got the best resume. Uh, he's a he's a modern heavyweight. He, the way he mixes things up, he's leaner. He's got better head movement. Um, but I will say, and this is sort of the... I'm guessing this is exactly the sort of argument people made for Nganu the first time. But especially as Stipe gets up there in age, he absorbs damage. He gets naturally a little bit slower. Man, that's 240, whatever Stipe weighs. That's still a big frame to carry around. And Nganu just throws those so fast. He throws those punches so fast that I... We saw Miocic get clipped in all the Cormier fights. We saw him uh, absorb some really hard shots from Nganu in the first fight. uh, I just worry that... You need you need an you need Optimus Prime kind of chin to take Nganu shots. He's taken over three hundred shots to his face since then, roughly. I'm sure some of them are to the body and legs. I just don't know if he's going to be able to eat them en route to securing those takedowns the way he did the first time. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just the power of the punch. It's what makes heavyweights the most exciting, and and Ganu's got the best in mixed martial arts. So. I'm, I'm leaning on him. I just think he'll find a way, especially, and the smaller cage too is a factor. They didn't have that style of a cage before. So they're going to have to be forced to come together. Uh, it worked out for Miocic against Cormier uh, in, in the final fight of the trilogy. But I just think you know where to run from a big Francis Ngannou. Well, that's kind of the funny thing too, right? Because uh, I'm interested to see what the smaller cage means for these two enormous human beings. Cause like you suggested on one end, uh, not as much room for Miocic to circle out, maintain range. At the same time, not as much space between Nganu and the fence. If Miocic can 
start grappling aggressively, he doesn't have to cross as much distance to sort of get in close on Nganu. So I'm interested in seeing who benefits more from their environment. All right, last thing, Jason, as we wrap up here. Co-main event, unfortunately, it will no longer be Volkanovski Ortega. What we have instead was a, an awesome main card addition. Tyron Woodley versus Vicente Luque. First of all, I'm very happy for Vicente. He's been... He's he this this spot is well deserved for him a fight against a guy like Tyron Tyron Woodley um coming off of three consecutive losses albeit you know to the best guys in the welterweight division Kamar Usman Colby Covington and Gilbert Burns here in Vicente it's finally a guy who I mean I guess Gilbert hadn't earned a title shot when he fought Tyron but appears to be a little bit of a step down at least from what we know about Vicente right now. If Tyron Woodley loses, is he getting cut from the UFC? Well, actually, today, uh, Ariel Hawani broke that this is the last fight of his contract in the UFC. So I think he's done, especially if he loses. I think they're not going to resign him. And he, if anything, Tyron should test free agency. He's never, ever experienced it because his contract was came in from Strike Force when the UFC bought Strike Force. So Go explore it. There's options with, you know, a PFL in 2022 or obviously Bellator would love to have him um, in their welterweight division, which needs some names as well. Um, but yeah, I would expect this to be it for him. And I just want to see Tyron go out there and show us what Tyra, what made Tyron Woodley get to that, you know, that uh, welterweight uh, title opportunity. He's got to use his wrestling. He, he just looked like a guy that's been totally, you know, lost his confidence. You can see it in, in the Colby fight for sure. You for sure saw it in the Gilbert Burns fight and especially in the Usman fight. Like this is a guy that was not really sure of himself, even when he was champion and then trying to get his way back to, to getting those uh, to title opportunities. And he's got to find a way to go to his bread and butter, use the wrestling. You know, that's what my uh, co-host of my podcast, Jason and the gentleman, Josh Hill, who's the one of the top uh, Bantamweights in Bellator said, got to use his wrestling, go back to there. And, and it, it, that'll maybe open up, find his confidence and try not to strike with a guy like Vicente Luzque. His nickname's the silent assassin. And when you look at what he's been able to do uh, as of late, you know, uh, you know, dom- dominating an eye of, uh, you know, Nico Price, that famous photo now of Nico Price. And then, you know, a quick second round finish or second round finish of Randy Brown, who's who's a durable guy at 170. So I just think, you know, you, you don't want to maybe try to mix it up with him. Go back to the wrestling. And I think I hope we see that. But if we don't, for sure, uh, that style of fight kind of leans into what Vicente Luque wants to do. Thank God for the one shot that allows me to stretch out all my aches and sores away from the peering eyes of the fans. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, Vicente Luque has messed some people up. We're talking Nico Price's eye. Let's not forget, he turned Mike Perry's nose into a troll doll. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, man, M- Mike Perry looked like something that'd be living under a bridge after that fight. Um, it's insanity. Hey, for Vicente Luque, this is the platform that gets him... Perhaps a number one contender shot. Uh, for Tyron, you know, I was listening to Rashad Evans talk to Luke Thomas on Morning Combat about this. It's like when you when you have a fractured relationship with the UFC, uh, it doesn't give you a whole lot of breathing room in situations like this. I do think it's probably do or die. With the exception of Yoa Romero, I think the UFC generally holds on to these older guys longer but tyron probably has a very expensive contract his 
hasn't really clicked with the audience a whole lot. Um, Especially think, during his title run, yeah. right? Like he turned a lot of people off when he was champion with, you know, de- like feeling like he demanded a super fight when he had like a draw and not the best title defense against Steven Thompson. And then it was like, I need a super fight. Like, no, yeah. no, you don't. Yeah. So we'll see. I think he would be a good fit uh, in Bellator. I-, I would imagine that's where he would end up just because of his, I imagine, you know, it seems like anyone who has ever worked even for a minute under Scott Coker has a good relationship with Scott Coker. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see him there. I think, you know, he obviously has an immediate title fight. Um, a great chance to, you know, either rebuild his career or give Douglas Lima a real marquee win that says, hey, I am I am the baddest welterweight on the planet. Um, good problem to have. I think I think Tyron Woodley will land on his feet no matter where he goes. You know, honestly, what worst case, if he wants to keep fighting, goes to PFL, probably makes a cool million. Or or he just retires in general. Like he's in acting, right? Well, like he's yeah. But I don't think he, he he doesn't seem ready to retire on a loss. I hey would I, you, maybe he retires if he beats Vicente tonight. Yeah, I could see that's that fine. for sure. If he wins that, then he retires and goes makes his rap albums and uh, continues to act. I don't I don't know. He seems more interested in that than some of his fighting. UFC fighters react to Tyron Woodley, Mike Perry, and more rapping. Go check it out. We will. It's on this channel. You can find it. Um, all right, Jason, that is all the time we got for today. You've hinted about it a little bit during the show, but where can the people find you? You can go search the podcast on YouTube that I do with uh, Bellator, Bantamweight, the gentleman, Josh Hill, called Jason and the Gentleman. Uh, just look it up. We just kind of do what Shaq and I are doing now, break down all the news and recap uh, the past week's UFC event and then usually preview the upcoming cards. Uh Got a lot to obviously recap coming up this week with UFC 260 and then the return of Bellator next Friday. So a lot going on. All right. Uh, That is it for myself. You can find me on Twitter at Shaq Fu. If you're here on Fightful MMA and you haven't already, guys, please hit subscribe, tap the notification bell, leave a like on this video. Has a trickle down effect. Even if you search for us every day or every week, that subscribe button helps YouTube say, hey, good work, guys. Let's show more people your stuff. So that'd be very much appreciated. Enjoy UFC 260. Watch us every week at Fightful Select. Uh, Time for that crappy, crappy outro. So stay tuned for everything Fightful and so delightful. Peace out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.